right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I will be presented by carparts.com. You really should check out their mobile experience. Anybody that deals with the headaches of going to a parts store, man, you're going to thank us. I promise you will. You come out later and be like, hey, man, introduce yourself. Be like, hey, where's Kevin at? Kevin, I want to thank you for talking about car parts. Willie, what's up? <laughs> uh, how we doing, Bird? Man, we were doing awesome, and I'm, I'm pumped up today. You know why? Why is that? Because we're freewheeling. Yeah, man. We're going anywhere we want to go, anytime we want to go. Who knows where this episode is going to end up. And I'm kind of I'm excited about that, you know? Yeah, it's not too uh it's not too often, you know, we get the green light to do whatever we want. So, I mean, half of me says dance party, the other half is like I got to go work on my car, man. <laughs> Uh, we'll dance while we're working. Yeah. That's, well, you know, that's how we'll play it. <laughs> but we do have a lot on the table, man. We have a lot on the table. And you have, my friend, uh, a lot on your table uh, because SEMA is coming up fast. I mean, we are weeks away. I mean, was it one hand worth of weeks? One and change worth of weeks? Uh, you know, uh, I try not to think about it anymore. You know, there, there's no saying nightmares. You know, some may occur while you're asleep, but most nightmares occur while you're awake. Um, yeah, uh-huh. that's, uh, that's been this, you know, the last few months when it, how's your gut, you know, how's your gut feeling, man? <laughs> like, how's your constitution? Are you, are you just tore up on the inside? Like, is, is it just something that's always on front of front of your brain? Well, I mean, for me, it's just getting so many things done, uh, in the limited time I need to do it in. Like you said, you know, you, you built a car before. I, I feel like this year it might just be compound a little bit because there's, there's so many outside influences um, that are unique to this year when it comes to SEMA. But anybody that's built a SEMA car, and you, you built, you've had your car to SEMA twice. So you know the just the energy and the running around and things you got to get checked off, T's crossed, I's dotted. Everything you need to do to get that presentation exactly like you want it. So for me, a lot of that headache has been found and lies right in there. The supply lines, we talked about it before on the Road to SEMA podcast. A lot of these supply lines 
are so just, dude, they're fatigued. They don't, there's nothing there in raw materials. So a lot of companies can't build the parts that we get from them. So it's A and B, you know, it's, it's not only the parts aren't there, but the material to make the parts aren't there. So it really does make it tough. So if you're sizing it up, right? Cause, cause clearly, you know, if you can't get something like wheels, how are you going to get your car in there? And it's going to look kind of silly, but you know, that's, that's one of thousands of components. Um, so if you were just kind of, you know, throw an average out there of, of the, the number, their percentage, you know, is it like, all right, I'm 98% there, but the 2% is going to kill me. Or is it like, man, I can't get half of what I need right now. Like what level of complete hardship and challenge and wall in your face are you dealing with right now? So like you brought up wheels, which is a great thing because every person that we have talked to and spoken with on the road to SEMA has had that same common issue run throughout, you know, their build, that same problem about being able to get wheels. One of the big things about, you know, your car is how you finish it with the wheels that ties it all together. Well, I was fortunate that I, you know, we know Brant, we worked with Fixie before on the show. Um, they're a big, large three-piece custom. I think they're the largest three-piece custom wheel manufacturer in the world, um, for sure in North America. Uh, I, I will tell you, man, I was, I missed, I, I literally missed that window closing. I had, I was lucky I got like my pinky finger in uh, because by the time I got Brant and I went through their wheel selection where you put in, you know, everything you need for your, all your re- references and numbers and measurements and backspace and all that stuff. I, I honest to God, bro, I, I'm one of two cars that he's supporting this year for SEMA, but I I was so fortunate because I caught him like a day or two before he had to get these final commitments and orders in, uh, or I, w- I wouldn't even have wheels. And I'm not even getting wheels, you ready for this, till the week of October 25th. SEMA is November 1st. <laughs> ah, ah, oh, wow. All <laughs> right, talk about no shipping delays. Talk about no dents and scratches. Talk about uh, showing up as promised on time yeah and uh and hopefully fit perfectly and all that good stuff wow. yeah man it, it has been a a big challenge and you know as the car sits right now i measured it to you know when you're building a car you wanted a, a certain height you know what you want the roof line to, to be a certain way you want the wheel tuck the stance to look a certain way uh and i'll walk you through a couple of the hurdles that i've had just in that right after the break. So let's dive into a break. It's all about the road to SEMA. Uh, Fingers crossed, my car will be there. What kind of car is it? Eh, I'll tell you after the break. Uh, It's Two Guys Drive Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Drive Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by carparts.com. Their mobile experience is something unique. Really simple to navigate. It's intuitive. Uh, and they got a great warranty, a backup, where you don't really get that. Um, 90 days. If the part doesn't fit, you send it back, man. It's easy. That, that's huge. That's huge. I mean, how many times have you ordered anything online? And whether you're busy, you're out of town for a week or two, the next thing you know, you're like, crap, I missed the deadline to send it back. 90 days. That's like three months. I mean, anybody can return a part uh, in three months. So super awesome. Big savings, man. Yeah. We, we love them. Now, if only... <laughs> you know, everything you needed custom wise, you could get through carparts.com because those guys are stacked yeah. right now. We've had, we've had, uh, you know, their whatever technical officer and man, they did a really great job of, of stocking their warehouses when everybody else is pretty empty. Uh, but you have a lot of custom parts, sure. 
uh, and it's not going to work out in your favor. So uh, tell us, tell us what the car is, all right? Because we've had, you know, we've had a few discussions on here, but anybody listening new, uh, Willie's building his first solo SEMA car, which is monumental, because uh, as we know, SEMA cars are the cream of the, t- you know, the very best, you know, who's who of the world. Uh, it's not just a car, man. It's customized. It's perfect. It's modified in every sort of way. Uh, and this thing stands up to the challenge. But your challenge is doubly high with just everything that's going on with the pandemic. So Yeah, you know, I'm lucky because you'll appreciate this. It's a 1966 Dodge Charger. Now, most people know Dodge Chargers as that Dukes of Hazard body style. That's that's actually the second generation of yeah. the, the Dodge Charger. That's not what you have. <laughs> you have the one that everybody kind of goes, huh, really? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the one before the Dukes of what happened? Right. Everybody goes, that's the ugly yeah. one. That's the ugly, that's the ugly sister, right? Which is is kind of funny because I was such a fan of the second generation charger. I owned four or five of those cars. You know, 68, 69, 37. Yeah, I owned five of those those second gen chargers. I owned a couple of these first gens. And I, I really I I pushed these cars to the side so many times before. And then I don't know. Several years back, back in 2011, uh, 2010 actually, I found one at a uh, at a swap meet that I picked up for really cheap. And the more I learned about the car, the more I kind of liked it. I fixed the stance on it. I built a little engine on uh, that I had just laying with parts around my shop, and it was it's pretty rude engine, pretty loud. It's pretty fun, and all of a sudden the car started working for me. And then I found this car from a buddy of mine. Uh, he was visiting somebody in Washington State. He sent me a picture of it, and it was covered in like green, like algae. You know where it rained so much in Washington State? It was just covered in like moss. You know, <laughs> it it really was. It was it was out kind of half under a carport, half not. But it, there's so much moisture in there. It was just kind of moldy, like you know, you know, like the south side of a tree. Sometimes you know, it's uh, it, it was funny because I saw it. And I wasn't too interested in the car. Until I got a picture of the interior, and I saw that the car was a four-speed. And, Bird, they made very few 383 big block four-speed 1966 Dodge Chargers. You couldn't get a 440 um, in that car in 1966. So the biggest engine they made was either the 426 Hemi or the 383. So you're telling Um, me you kind of got sucked into this car because it's a rare version of a car, kind of... You know, a little bit goofy or whatever, and then you decided to just cut it all up, anyways. Yeah, I kind of knew I was going to cut it up because, because <laughs> uh, so the heritage know, just went bye bye. Which well, which is my problem as well. I, I I try to buy cars that don't have the heritage because I don't tend to want to build them like somebody else thought to build them. You know, fifty years ago, I want to build them the way I want to build them. So true. Buy them cheaper, turn them into something rad, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the more I looked at the car, they're called slapper cars. You know, like somebody slapped the sides on them. They thought this big fastback, you know, and, and at the time, I'm sure it was appealing, but fastbacks were big in 1966. or just kind of hit the scene. Everybody, you know, wanted a little bit of that styling. But this one, it, it really does look like they started with this massive swooping, you know, fastback look and, and just stopped. Looks like engineering guys were like, Okay, well, you know, it's Friday. Uh, the Charger is, it's done. Let's get out of here and call it a weekend. 
So th- I really felt like engineering and architect just stopped on it, and it left the car kind of unfinished. And it they just slapped some sides on it, real vertical sides, put skinny tires on it, and it became hideous. So well, it's, for me, it's I, like you know, because think about it, at the same time you had the '65 Mustang Fastback '66, you know, coming out. So you had this really, you know, for the time, uh, amazing kind of de- iconic design now, of course, but beautiful, sporty looking car. And it's as if, you know, somebody up upstairs was like, hey, look at that sports car over there. I love it. People love it. We want to sell something like that. And they gave it to their like, you know, family car design guy, you yeah. know, and had him do <laughs> a, drinking. a family car version of it. You know, because it looks like it it just, you know, it had the good intentions, but it, it missed the mark. And it's got just a little too much, you know, mom, truckster, sporty, you know, all wrong. It's hideous, bro. It's just hideous as it was as it was offered. However, I looked at that car and said, you know, if you just applied what they did in the second gen charger, they really looked at it as that Coke bottle type scenario that gave it some some curve in the body. Um, they really talk when they talk styling in that car, how they designed it after a Coke bottle, um, you know, with curves and, and hips. So I was sitting there quickly after I got the car. I kind of knew I wanted to do a wide body um, because what you had done with your BMW, uh, again, another SEMA car, and you did a wide body on it. And it to me, I thought that was so impressive. And your attention to detail was uh, it was amazing, and I was like, man, I, I really want to do something similar to that because I could learn really a, a lot more about metalworking and fab work, and I could play on my TIG, and it would you know, be educational and therapeutic for me at the same time because at the time I didn't have kids. It was 2012, and I was like, man, I got nothing but time and a TIG welder. Let's get after it. <laughs> so I started I, – I literally pulled the car in. I got it back from Washington. I pressure washed it. I pulled it in my – my garage, I took a cutting wheel and I cut that body line right down that rear fender. And uh, I started like, honest to God, the, the second day I had that car unloaded from the trailer, I, it took me a day to gut it, pull the engine, uh, pull the interior, uh, basically strip the car. And, you know, the second or third day it was in my shop. I was like, I'm looking at it. I put it up on a lift. I went in my parts room. I grabbed a big wide tire. I set the car down on it and I said, well... It kind of works, but if these fenders were just flared out a little bit, it would be so much better. So I, that's kind of how I started. And I approached it probably, you know, I look back and I think it was the right way. But, you know, I think there's a lot of ways to, to do a wide body. I wanted to include the, the wide body growth and the curve in the fender flow. So instead of like, you know, how you get some looks where it looks like you're just slapping fender flares on it or the curve in uh, the wide body is real aggressive. I, I wanted to come in a little because that car is so long. You could imagine, right? I, I needed to come in earlier in the fender, you know. So I just started cutting away and moving it up. Well, you remember a handful of years ago? You know, we go to SEMA and you can see the the trend of the year. You know, it's like when C7 yeah. came out. It's like, hey, there's another C7. Oop, C7. Yep. You know, like C7. Uh, you know, and and all of a sudden, like fender flares came out because you know people could. Uh, you know, 3D scan, you know, CAD, whatever, boom, you know, bolt on fender flares, which instantly let everybody go out there and put some wide tires on cars and look cool and get a cool stance. Um, and they look bitching. I don't, I don't have anything wrong with them, but all of a sudden, you know, this huge trend for, you know, essentially bolt on, glue on, screw on, whatever. 
fender flares, but uh, you just don't get the same thing when you can really shape the metal. And that's what you've done. So if we fast forward, um, you know, because we want to see where you're at right now. We fast forward. You have sliced, diced, cut this thing up. You've chopped the roof. You've wide-bodied it out. It looks fantastic. You've got a front chin strap spoiler, you know, sides, uh, skirts. The whole works. This thing is an amazing piece of metal work. Uh, and now you're trying to slide into home plate, man. Uh, so <laughs> Willie updates me with pictures of this thing because we're living in separate towns, right? But uh, so the paintwork looks phenomenal, man. It's all, you know, flossy and glossy, one of Willie's favorite terms, yeah. man. So the body is done. Uh, and what I've seen, you got, you've got your uh, Hellcat motor powertrain dropped in, right? Yes. Uh, and yes. you're starting to, to really move and groove. So why don't we take a quick break? Uh, when we come back, man, let's get an update on, you know, where you're at in the build process with only weeks and, and what are these big gaps yeah. here that are going <laughs> to, you know, bite you in okay. the, you know what, we're uh, getting to SEMA. I know, man. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about next the road to SEMA's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. And we're back after the break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We're talking the road to SEMA. It's all presented by carparts.com, and we thank them for it. Uh, it really is an easy way to get parts wherever you need them. So check it out, that mobile experience waiting on you now. We're talking um, an experience that I've never had before. The road to SEMA for me has been um, very interesting, man. As many of the times if, as that you've said, just understand it's no sleep, it's high stress, it's it's hurdle after hurdle, but the reward is all worth it in the end. Um, I, I hope so because you have been point <laughs> on so far, bro. Well, it is it has been tough. It's it's not necessarily easy for me to, to relate where you're at because um, you know everybody's built a car on their own terms, their own timeline, or whatever. But now you have a deadline, so that that changes things. Now the bar is set incredibly high because you got to you know essentially compete. Uh, you know whether you're going to go for some kind of trophy or just really you know show your stuff uh the bar is so high the deadline is is immovable uh and you know what you've done is you've had two two kids <laughs> you know so you got two little kids uh running around <laughs> yeah. that you want to spend your time with but you also have multiple jobs uh, and that is the killer man you know when you have a shop you know anybody that's got a shop sitting around going oh well maybe we built the car in so many days or whatever it's like yeah well when you only got a couple of hours in in the evening you know, you got to come home, yeah. do a little bit of time with the fam, do your dinner, do the whole thing, go out in the evening and bust out some time on the weekends. Like, you know, it takes a month to get a week worth of shop time, you know? So that's where the stress comes from. You're juggling 5,000 things, you know, trying to be, uh, you know, Mr. Builder over here. Th that, and it's it only gets worse for me because I had a fire <laughs> nearly a year yeah. ago. Lest I forget right? to and bring I, that up, right? I, I haven't lived I haven't lived in my house. I'm I'm... 20 miles or so from my house. So every time I work on the car, I have to drive to my shop. And then it's not like I could just roll in when I'm done or when I'm tired and go to bed. Uh, no, I have to, you know, drive back home. So, yeah, there's been some hurdles. But I, I was fortunate because I've been working on this car so long that a lot of the parts I, I already had is some of the little things that have been really difficult. Like, you know, my reservoir and the line fittings I need for my slave cylinder. Now, you would think that's a Mopar only part. You got to get it from a dealership, right? So you would think that would be a part that you could get. It has been impossible 
to find certain fittings, some Mopar only connections, uh, a few you know lines that I needed, uh, lines for the uh, the oil cooler, for example. Uh, they didn't have a certain plate at my Mopar dealer, um, and I went to other Mopar dealers, try to call you know people I know that distribute some Mopar parts, and uh, like everybody else, it's a lot of it's on hold. Sometime during the last two years, I broke the rear lens on my um, my brake light. Well, that lens, just to give you a, a little show of where things are at right now, that lens, the last time I ordered one, which is the one that got broke, right, it was $249.69 plus shipping and handling. It came in just under 300 bucks. That brake light, that tail light lens, is now $770, right, $770, oh, and wow. guess what? I just called this last weekend because on last Friday and asked them, because it's been on back order for like five, six months, when is their expected arrival? When's the ETA? You know what the lady told me? They don't know when it's going to show up. They don't even know if it's going to show up. And their deadline they're giving people is a year out. The, to, a year out for a taillight lens. A taillight lens. Now, if I didn't have another 66 Dodge Charger that happened to have the original taillight lens, I'd be screwed right there. I'd be, it'd be done, right? But fortunate for me, I got another car that I bought a few years ago on a two guys shoot, uh, doing a turkey run in Florida. Yeah, I, that one. <laughs> um, I bought this car and uh, I've just been harvesting a lot of the parts that they were from the factory off of that car to save me a little bit. Um, some of the newer stuff that I've needed or, or I've, I've tried to locate, it, it, it's been really difficult. And for example, the wheels, like I said, they're not showing up till October 25th that week. I'm leaving for SEMA. Uh, October 29th, just to put it in perspective. <laughs> so, Jeez. yeah. Wow. So as you can right. see, so, there's some big struggles. Yeah. All right. So if we walk through, you've got a uh, Hellcat crate engine, mm -hmm. and you're running what, a T56 yep. six-speed yep. box? Yeah, the, the big okay. Magnum six-speed. Yeah, so the motor's in. you got the clutch. Yep. Clutch is in, bell housing, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, all that stuff is mounted. bolted in, mounted. you got your shifter. Shifters, yes, good. I got the shifter. Okay. I had that before, gotcha. so again, I was fortunate on that. Some of the wiring, some of the piggybacks, some of the, you know, the fittings you need so that everything talks to one another. Uh, they've been tough to source. Well, yeah. Now you got all the gazentas and gazautas, right? Right. Right. The goes ins and goes outs. Right. <laughs> uh, right. So all the connections, everything, right? Uh, whether it's you know your lube oil, I don't know what you're doing. You got a remote filter, or it's on the on the motor. You got your cooling. Yeah, it's it's on a remote filter. Just the lines for the remote filter, the new plate, and the 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 bypass valving, right? For the where you put it. You know, if you look at these Hellcats, similar to a, an LS, um, the oil cooler is just above the oil filter where it, where it screws in there. And mm -hmm. there's a little plate, an adapter plate, right there that goes to uh, an, an option to oil cooler. Uh, just that plate to find that plate. Is is nearly impossible right now. So things like that that are on the modern side of it are really challenging for for any builder right now because just the demand and the time that you have to wait on them, uh, it's all six eight weeks out. Had I not ordered everything early on and was expecting it in June, but it's now just showing up like weather seals. You you, you think weather seals and you know the the casting and rubber seal you need for your windows. Right, those are something that most people wouldn't think 
uh, would be a difficult find, but it's impossible to get them. Getting the gasket that you need and the clips that you need to put in, you know, the stainless steel trim, hard to find right now. You got to harvest it from another car. And if you don't have one, I don't know how you get that done. Now, is this going to be a power steering car? No. Or manual. Okay. So you got a manual rack. You don't have to worry about that. Yes. Because there's, yes. I, I assume on those, right, that's E-Pass, that motor. Yes. So probably didn't have a power steering pump option. Okay. So that's an easy one. All right. Uh, what about your coolant stuff? You got your radiator. You got your fans. Yep. You got yep. all that stuff? All that okay. stuff is in. All of that's ordered. Um, like I said, and luckily, I ordered that stuff last year. A few of the things I ordered at the beginning um, of the pandemic uh, this time around, I got like the wave number two, uh, but are just now showing up. Um, just the, the, the rubber, the, the gasket needed to get the front windshield and the rear windshield in just showed up literally this past week. And I ordered them back March, mid-March, beginning of April. So it, it shows you how far everything is backed up and where you're at. If you're just a normal guy ordering parts. Yeah. And is this going to have AC? So I don't have a compressor, but I'm running all the AC. I've got a vintage air system for it, you know, the SureFit kit okay. for that car. So I'm putting everything in the car as it were to have AC. I just don't have a Hellcat compressor because, go figure, I can't get one right now. But, yes, the car will have AC on it. Okay. So will the factory uh, bracketry and, and AC compressor work with you, or do you got yes. clashes with suspension or anything else? So that's no, good? No, that, that, yeah, that's all good. Okay. All right, man. That's, I actually dropped my stuff. rack and pinion down a little bit for to make sure I had all that clearance because okay. I originally had it up just a little bit higher. So, yeah, I, I feel like I've worked out a lot of the, you know, the issues on on mock up and, um, you know, some places I, I thought I wouldn't have as much interference and I have a little bit more and you know, it, it does. By the time you paint it and put it back together, things move just a little bit. So there's been a little bit of, of that involved with it. I'm through the process now where I'm shimming up body panels and I've almost got the entire car built and body lines matching up. I just got to get, here's where I'm really struggling. Um, like door handles, I opted to put, if you know a 66 Dodge Charger, it's got those big, you put your hand through yeah. and push that thumb yeah. lever for the door. It's got that old school. So I wanted to keep it Dodge. And I think the Challenger um, door handles are kind of sexy. They're slick. They're incorporated in, and they fit what I'm doing with the car. So I changed it to have the old Challenger door handles. Well, man, you wouldn't believe how difficult it is to get oh, locking man. cylinders and the hardware to make that that new door mechanism function with yeah. the old, you know, track system. So it's just it's been a challenge. You know, I'm bending bars, cutting them, and you know the the all the mm -hmm. little rolling wheels. You get that rebuild kit, and you know I've doubled up on it now. I've got a couple rollers because I'm eliminating the vent windows, so that's been a job. Um, it, it really has been. It's challenging each day. We try to get over a hurdle, but you know it's it's taught me a lot too. So I'm appreciative of it. But yeah, man, if this car shows up at SEMA, which I'm sure it will, it, it's going to be a um, it's going to be a lot of my work, blood, sweat, tears, and time in it for sure. I noticed a keyword that you just dropped, if, <laughs> with a couple of other, you know, yeah. connector words there. I'm sure it will. Uh, so I'm seeing, I'm seeing a little window of, of out here, uh, you know, just, uh, well, just in case, just in case. Huh? Am here's, I, did I catch a, a I, whiff? Well, <laughs> no, because here's the deal. Even if the car um, isn't able to say, you know, have well the interior will be done, but if all the electronics or um, 
Uh, there's a couple parts I'm waiting for the oil cooler, and I may have to bypass that. So even if I have to drive it in there, albeit, you know, um, not with my coilovers. I haven't ordered coilovers because I just got it on the ground. And I need to scale it this week. So it may have some things that aren't quite battle-born and ready, um, but it will roll in there uh, under its own power uh, and be on the surface uh, presentable. Well, you did mention something uh, pretty excited about uh, interior, man. You sent me a couple of uh, you know sneaky shots here, like a little sneak peek. Uh, yes. So full custom interior. You got your guy on it, man. Uh, what did yes. you send me? Was that a front lower? So that was, yeah, that's the front bottom of the the old Tiburon bucket seat. So I chose the, the Hyundai Tiburon because that car has really nice, big sort of race-styled, you know, I think Recaro did those seats originally. Um, they're kind of that seat that everybody wants in their race car, but you take out all the electric components the you know it's got a lumbar support right and the thing that blows up but it's mechanical you turn a wheel for it it's got all the levers and functionality of a you know fancy race seat but it does it mechanically so that's why i was inspired by that seat um yeah we probably shouldn't let the cat out of the bag it's funny because you were talking about seats uh you start talking about these tipper on seats yeah. Uh, and you wouldn't think that'd be a great place but uh i snagged a set of those like i'm holding on to i i almost put them in the bmw uh what I put in there? That, hey, that um, seat's a hot commodity, man. Yeah, yeah, because it does. It has all the adjustments on it, but it's all mechanical. So relatively, it's a fairly, uh, fairly lightweight seat, but it's a, got a great hug to it. And uh, man, fits you right. It's very sporty. Um, so yeah, it's cool to because I had the vision. You know, those seats I probably picked up like I don't know eight, ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like this could be a great hot rod seat, and here you are, like, yeah, dude, these are the bomb. This is what I got, and, and they're hard to get yeah. now. And and uh, it's cool to see them getting all customized. And now I can be like, yeah, all right, now I know exactly what I'm gonna do with my seats. Cut the, how tall it was down. Eliminate the headrest. Cut the seat down to the mid back, which was the styling in that in that car. Um, Oh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, a lot of the early cars uh, didn't have much for a headrest. Uh, so a lot of guys really like to keep that sort of mid-back height to them. Um, but, you know, then you struggle with, obviously, uh, you know, the safety aspect and performance aspect. Uh, do you put a full height, you know, race style seat in? So you've cut the back down, shaped it to kind of keep it period yeah. correct. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it's a little taller than the than the original like half bucket buckets that came in them, uh, but it it has an, a bolster that wraps around me and hugs me pretty tight. Um, but yeah, I've I've shortened that seat uh, as well as the back seat. So I'm going to style similar to the front. So, like you said, full custom interior. Um, I do have a roll cage in the car, so I'm, I've hidden the the roll cage and the A pillars and a few little things like that. So. Hopefully, um, you know, the interior shop is where it needs to go next. I'm going back after the podcast tonight, just finishing up a few of the, the, the little things, alignment uh, on some of the front fenders and headlight assembly. That's been a headache, too. The headlight assembly in that thing has a real rare motor on it. The electric motor never works. So finding somebody locally that could rewind that and getting all that dialed in and, and working right when you're missing pieces is, was a real hurdle. But I, I think when it's all said and done the car um is going to be uh, a a good representation uh of what i was hoping for a long time ago and uh, i've learned a lot from this build like you know you should get a rendering first off versus just going off this vision in your head 
Um, but it's it's remained true for the last ten years. So that that's been kind of cool to see it shape like I've I've wanted it to in my mind. Yeah, you know, I tell you, just going back and you know, past years' experience, uh, you know, I got to do a whole bunch of overhauling builds. Uh, you know, in the early days, did the pilot, did a whole bunch of builds, and you know, seven days. Now, granted, the early <laughs> ones we only had you know four or five, six of us working, and, and it was brutal. But you know, people would start to come in. You know, on the periphery, you know, you got painters, you got body people, whatever. Uh, so the the crew got big. So it's not a one man show. So clearly, there's five, six, seven, eight, ten people working on it. Uh, 24-7, but the, I still, seven days seeing how many builds get completed, I still look back and go, man, I don't I don't think I believe it, you know? Because yeah. when you go and you do it like this, right, you just know every single thing that's up against you, every little detail that you got to work out. Um, and phew, I, don't, I don't know how they did that show for so long. I don't know how they got them done. I was there. Well, I saw it. I still don't believe it. Uh, you know, like, and why it just can't transfer over to the rest of us to just finish a car in a week, you know, the mock-up process, everything was kind of unscheduled. And we started running into these slower, you know, it took forever to get the, the colors for the, for the, you know, the paint. I made sure that the rims, all the undercarriage, all my suspension is Heights Pro G series. So it's they're racing, they're real, you know, they're badass, um, independent rear suspension, independent front suspension, uh, components, massive wheelwood brakes. Uh, the CG on the car, it's, it's really low. It's about three and three quarter inches. Uh, so it's a very low car. Uh, it's got extended wheelbase by a couple inches, so about 119 inch wheelbase. Uh, so it's a big, big girl, man. Uh, and I make sure to find out the weight on it, but it's going to have all the power in the world. I, I, I do have that, that Hellcat engine turned up a little bit. Uh, and again, I, I put a clutch in it because, you know, I feel like, you know, every big car that's got a lot of power can handle a turn. I feel like that fun is is exponentially increased when you got a clutch uh, in the car. So I look forward to I look forward to driving the car, bro. That's one thing that about me, you know me, man, I drive everything I have and I drive the I drive the crap out of it. This car is no different. I put AC in this car because I plan on driving it. <laughs> yeah. it, it. It doesn't have a lot of the creature comforts like you would expect. Like I didn't do power windows. I just I'm doing really nice replica, like fatter, co more cozy, like door panels. But I'm still gonna have you know the old school window crank in it. Um, albeit I've eliminated the vent window, so it's one piece. So there's some things in the car that I'm staying true. The dash is all the old school gauge clustering. It looks like that old dash did, but if you knew that '66 dash, it was all inspired by an airplane. So the gauge clusters are really nice. But I had classic instruments who we've had on before. I had them incorporate all the new technology, you know, from data logging to boost, right, is all in my old gauges. So as you initially look at it, it looks just like it would in 1966. But the data and info it's telling you is all new technology. Yeah, I mean, this thing is going to be so righteous. All right. So before we take self out, um, real quick, man, because it sounds like powertrain's in. When are we going to fire? I was going to fire it last night. I was going to fire it weeks. last night. Ooh. So we got fuel. We got power. You got the wiring essentially enough. All the fuel system is All done. Right. I got. Right. I, I can turn on the fuel pumps now. Okay. Um, the only thing I was waiting on, something I, I, I haven't been able to get, radiator hoses. Believe it or not, your Mopar dealers has a hard time getting radiator hoses for a Hellcat, and you can't get them at your local parts store. So you have to get those through a Mopar dealers so i'm waiting on 
hoses, but I'll probably fire that thing and just let her eat for a second um, without any coolant just so I could hear it. Yeah. All right. All right. You mentioned you mentioned the master uh, reservoir. Hard, hard lines, brakes. I've got all the brakes brand. close other than those. I did that before I put the engine in. Yeah. Okay. Brakes. We got, we're almost there for power. We almost got brakes. Uh, it's manual steering. Uh, obviously, we don't have wheels, mm -hmm. but the suspension yeah. looks like it's under there. Yeah. All right. the suspension is under there. I haven't got coilovers uh, on the car yet, um, but I, I'm going to order those this week. And uh, still a few hurdles to get over, but it's coming together, and I, I can't wait for us to one day have it on the show. Or I can't wait for for you to see see the car and for me to be able to toss you the keys and say, go take a ride in it, row and, and have some fun. So hopefully we'll have that day soon. Awesome, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Is anywhere people can check out uh, some of these pre-pictures are you doing any build pictures along the way yeah my facebook page is facebook willie b and uh instagram willie underscore kbpi which is the radio station i, I do the morning show on it's willie underscore kbpi and you know i post up pictures there and my cute little kids and that's all i got going on in my life kids and cars y'all kids and cars right on <laughs> all right stay tuned folks uh let's see if you can make it this is going to be exciting uh, i'm yeah, in full man. suspense here man uh, I can feel the, the adrenaline. I can feel the stress. Uh, but it's going to be, like I said, on the other side of this thing, one way or the other, uh, it's going to be the downhill side. It's going to feel pretty good. So, Yeah, man. And, and as an engineer, I got one question. I know we're out of time. One question. As an engineer and a guy that I 100% I wholeheartedly trust in, um, what, what would you say uh, is the styling? Um, how, did I, how do you think uh, I did – because your opinion, I think, is is much higher uh, than, than mine, and I, I hold it very high. So as far as the styling on that car, um, I, I hope I made you proud. Oh, out of the park, man. Out of the park. It's like a giant fist ready to punch you in the face, you know, on a <laughs> badass hot rod. And uh, especially thinking about what you started with and where you ended up, go check out a stock 66 Charger. Then jump on Willie's Facebook page and check out what he's building. Uh, mind blown. It's uh, fantastic, man. Um, can't wait to yeah. can't wait to see it in person. Can't wait to to ride with you. Can't wait to ride alongside. We'll get the uh, LS BMW out, man. Nice. We'll go ripping somewhere sometime soon, man. Because that'll be awesome. All right, look forward to it, man. Check out our not only our podcast but our TV show. It airs on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also streaming on Motor Trend on demand, which is a great way to find us. Uh, Make sure, again, you check your local listings. Uh, thanks to our guests, me um, and Kevin. And uh, that's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B., our producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our, our show, our, our TV show website, twoguysgarage.com. Uh, and go in there, check it out. Check out all our podcasts and all the other behind the scenes and all our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Two Guys Garage, man, coming at you. Now, this podcast, right, Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted. 2021, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. All right, bro, you get yourself yeah, uh, as much sleep as you can because it's just going to get thinner and thinner. <laughs> <laughs> Pour no, yourself man. an extra pot of coffee, you know, brew it up. I know, all right. Well, look, hey, it's been fun, man, but I got to go. I got to go work on a car. <laughs> you guys take care, man. We'll catch you on the next one, y'all. We'll see you guys. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.